<clears throat> Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this very day. <clears throat> for this very incredible opportunity. What an incredible God you are. We pray right now, Father, that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same spirit will bless all of us today with the spirit of discernment. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we can see, but also experience the power that is in your word. Now, Lord, move me out of the way that your perfect message can now go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone who agree with the prayer, say it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Y'all ready to have some fun? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, one of the great things about God, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, there is a verse 1. Everybody got that? But actually, there's a verse zero in Genesis chapter one. Anybody ever read verse zero before? Well, here, let me share with you exactly what it says. In verse one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God began the beginning. That's verse zero. God began the beginning. God stands outside of time. God is not regulated by time. He stands outside of time. Therefore, God began the beginning. If you don't get it now, you'll get it by the time you get home today. But I need you to understand why that is important. Because God orchestrates Perfect timing from the beginning of creation up until this very moment. And he has been perfectly working time in your life. So when God ordered the earth to be created, God had a plan. He had a purpose and he had a will. And all of these things will work out at just the right time based on how God determines that time to be. Just to let you know in Second Peter chapter, believe three. It says, one day with the Lord is like a, like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. That means God stands out, outside of time. Why is that important for us today? Because this is the right time for some things to take place today. Y'all ready to have some fun? Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'm excited. I'm, I have to hold myself down. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. We're going to read verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. This is in the New Living Testament, the New Living Translation. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came <laughs> at just the right time and died for us sinners. God was orchestrating the arrival of his son for us. The God who stands outside of time, the God who orchestrates time, sent his son at exactly the right time in history for his son to die for us. Anybody have faith in God today? 
I mean, real faith in God. How many of you know that he hasn't forgotten you? He promised never to leave you or... I just want to make sure we get that in. It's important for us to understand this thing today as we we work through this time. Again, if you can imagine, if you can envision (laughs) the potter and we, the clay. And the potter is creating this incredible thing that he wanted, that he desired for. He so loved the world. That he now stood outside of this time and orchestrated the perfect timing for everything to happen. So Jesus came at just the right time for us sinners. Just the right time. Listen, you weren't born then, but you still benefit from his coming. You still benefit from the timing. Y'all still with me this morning? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to keep you long. And I mean that today. (laughs) I'm not going to keep you long. Ephesians chapter 1. This is from the Amplified Translation. We're going to read verses 9 and 10. Follow me along here. It says, He, he who? God. Made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure. Which he purposed in Christ. Listen closely. With regard to the fulfillment of the times, that is the end of history, the climax of the ages to bring all things together in Christ, both things in the heavens and things on earth. Does this sound like a God who knows what he's doing? Does it sound like a God who got all things under control? Okay, then I have a message for you today. Why are you scared? Why are you thinking things are coming to an end when you got a God who has orchestrated everything down through time and is still in charge orchestrating? Man's arms are too short to fight with God. We cannot change his perfect timing. Listen, everything God has orchestrated will be fulfilled. I don't think y'all heard me. I'll try to decide over here. Everything God has orchestrated will be fulfilled. Because he knew what he was doing when he put it out there. Now it says his plan is revealed. His mystery is revealed. How is it revealed? It's revealed in the B-I-B-L-E. It's revealed through the prophets that he sent. The Bible says that every word of God was God breathed. He breathed his word into man so man can relate his perfect plan. Timing, his perfect timing. Y'all starting to get this this morning? Huh? Okay, I'm not done with you yet, almost. Galatians chapter four, amplified translations. Galatians chapter four, we're gonna begin to read at verse number four. (laughs) It says, but when in God's plan, God got a plan, folk. No, y'all don't understand me today. God has a plan. Proverbs says, many are the, the plans of a man's heart. Many. But God's purpose will prevail. 
God has a plan. His plan is operated at just the right time. He does things at just the right time. My grandmama used to say, he may not come when you want him to, but he's never been late. He got a plan. Now, knowing that God has a plan, knowing that God loves you, knowing that God sent his son should give you a level of comfort that allows you to live your life on a higher level, to live your life without fear. See, because perfect love casts out fear. Oh, I'm not done. Y'all okay? It says, but when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come. God sent his son at the proper time. Nobody on earth knew what the proper time was, but God knew what the proper time was. And he sent his Jesus into this fragmented, volatile, crazy world. All kind of insane stuff was going on, but God knew it was the perfect time to send his son. Now, we didn't know that because we were consumed with the chaos that was before our eyes. We got caught up in the mess. We got caught up in all the stuff that was going on. But God, who stands outside of time, never lost sight of what his plan and his purpose was. So he sent his son at the perfect time. When in God's plan, the perfect time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Born under the regulations of the law so that he might. How many of you know you got a redeemer today? Huh? Listen, when God decides to redeem, who can be against him? So that he might redeem and liberate those who were under the law that we who. Believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all rights as fully grown members of a family. Got to believe. See, because it's true whether you believe it or not. I don't think you all understand me today. It is true whether you believe it or not. See, because when God does something... You can't change it. You either surrender to it or you'll fight against it. And when you fight against it, how many of you knows that's a battle that you can't win? So what am I telling you today? Redeemed, liberated from a world that has held us bound with fear, trouble, addictions, all of those things thought they owned us. But until we understand that he already sent his son, his son already redeemed us and liberated us from the chains of those particular things. If you don't know that, then you'll still be stuck, but you'll be free and stuck. Somebody say amen. Y'all are looking at me like you'll be free, but still stuck because you don't understand that you've been set free. You've been liberated. Now, if you understand it, then free people Live free lives. Hebrews chapter nine. I told you I wasn't going to keep you long. 
we're doing pretty good. Food probably ain't even done yet. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to begin to read the verse number 16. This is in the message translation. Are you ready? It says, like a will that takes effect when someone dies. Now, listen to me. My wife and I have a will. In that will, we left one of the kids the house, another one of the kids the car, another one of the kids the other car, and the other kid some money. None of them can come to us right now and claim that car. See, because we're still alive. They don't understand that car will be an antique by the time we go. (laughs) If it don't rust out and fall apart. But here's the kicker. I need you to understand something. That will does not come into effect until we die. So in that will are gifts or blessings for our children, but it doesn't come into effect until we die. So God knew that this was part of his plan. This is part of his mystery that he revealed is that everything that we needed to be transferred from the world of darkness into the kingdom of light would be affected by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are y'all following me today? So once he died, the will came into effect. What is his will? Let's keep reading. Y'all having fun yet? Praise the Lord. It says, like a will that takes effect when someone dies, the new covenant. I like new. I said, I like new. So do you. If you went to the car lot and somebody tried to sell you an old car as it was new, would you buy it? No. If you went to the restaurant to get a new plate of pancakes and they'd been chewed on. Would you eat the pancakes? I didn't think so. Listen to me. (laughs) We have a new covenant. Why? Because at the death of Christ, he fulfilled the old covenant that allowed the new covenant to come into effect. The new covenant gives us the benefits that God wanted us to have. But because it had to be paid for because of sin, Jesus paid that price. And because of his death, the new covenant comes into act. Y'all still here this morning? Okay, we're almost there. Like a will that takes effect when someone dies, the new covenant was put into action at Jesus's death. His death marked the transition from the old plan to the new one. Excuse me while I dance a minute. (laughs) (laughs) from the old to the new a new plan now wouldn't it be a good thing to know what's in the new plan because if you get a new one you kind of want to know what's in there hey I know my old plan you know this is medicare season and they want you to buy a new plan. Everybody, phone calls, phone ringing off the hinges, buy my plan. Buy, why should I get rid of my old plan if I don't understand the new one? It'd be good if I understood the new one and then I can make the evaluation of what I should do with the old plan. I need you to know something today. When God says new, 
He means new. And when God tells you new, that means he has something in there for you to make your life more powerful and to make us the representatives on earth that we are supposed to be as Christians. I'm I'm not, I'm almost there. Almost there. You okay? You sure? Okay. Canceling the old obligations. We all know what cancel means, right? Huh? Okay, canceling the old obligations and accompanying sins and summoning the heirs. Who's the heirs? We are to receive the eternal inheritance. How long is eternal? Y'all don't believe me, do you? How long is eternal? See, what happened to us when we were in the third grade? Some young boy rolled up beside you and says, Mary Lou, I'm going to love you forever. And then in the third period, you overheard that same boy tell Mary Louise, I'm going to love you forever. That ended your eternal. That ended your forever. I need you to know something. When God tells you something, can anything stop it? Okay, just wanted to make sure. Canceling the all obligations and accompanying sins and summoning the heirs to receive the eternal inheritance that was promised them. He brought together God and his people in this new way. Even the first plan required a death to set it in motion. An animal had to die for the old plan to operate. After Moses had read out all the terms of the plan of the law, God's will, he took the blood of sacrificed animals and in a solemn ritual sprinkled the document and the people who were its beneficiaries. And then he attested its validity with the words, this is the blood of the covenant commanded by God. He did the same thing with the place of worship and its furniture. Moses said to the people, this is the blood of the covenant God has established with you. Practically everything in a will hinges on a death. That's why the evidence of death is used so much in our tradition, especially regarding forgiveness of sins. Hold on, here we go. Ready? That accounts for the prominence of blood and death and all these secondary practices that point to the realities of heaven. It also accounts for why when the real thing takes place, these animal sacrifices aren't needed anymore. Having served their purpose for Christ didn't enter mm, the earthly version of the holy place. He entered the place itself and offered himself to God as the sacrifice for our sins. No longer temporary. No longer a shadow of things to come. The shadow has been pushed away. The real thing has arrived. At just the right time, God sent Jesus to die for us. 
And in here are the beneficiaries. We are the beneficiaries of the benefits that Jesus brought to us when he died. And more importantly, when he got up, death couldn't hold him. Death can't hold you. Your body might go to sleep, but the real you who rides around in that body will live eternally because you have accepted Jesus and that is one of your benefits. So we don't fear death, especially here on Tuesday church. You know what we do? (laughs) We live our lives. We will die empty, empty, because we're going to live our lives to the fullest until we can't ride this body anymore. Then we go to be with Jesus and we wait on the next body that he will present to us that we will ride that one for eternity. I don't think y'all hear me this morning. I'm almost finished. (laughs) Offered himself to God as the sacrifice for our sins. He doesn't do this every year. As the high priest did under the old plan with blood that was not their own. If that had been the case, he would have to sacrifice himself repeatedly throughout the course of history. But instead, he sacrificed himself once for all, summing up all the other sacrifices in this sacrifice of himself, the final Solution of sin. Now, if you think I just told you that it's okay for you to sin, come up here and let me lay hands on you (laughs) on the back of your head. But (laughs) what I'm trying to tell you is that the penalty for this stuff has been paid for. Why? So you can learn to live your life for the glory of God, not live your life in fear of sin. The problem with us as Christians, we keep walking around looking like we've been baptized in lemon juice and we're supposed to guide people. You arrive at my door looking all wrinkled and scrunched up and I came to share Jesus. I don't, whatever you got, I don't want that. I don't want that. But that's because we don't know what we have. We need to find out what is this will? What are my benefits? What's in this new covenant? Who am I supposed to be? And once you understand that, you begin to dance. You begin to jump around like your crazy pastor is right now because you know there was no other way for me to be restored to life. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Almost there. Everyone has to die once and then face the consequences. Christ's death was also a one-time event, but it was a sacrifice that took care of sins. How long? (laughs) And so when he next appears, the outcome of those eager to greet him is precisely Salvation. Boy, I love what I do.
But I love that these things speak to my heart and they change me first. I preach to me first all the time. And it moves me to understand. Victory is mine, says the Lord. I didn't fight the battle for victory. God planned the victorious event. Then he sent his son to make the victory real. So Jesus' death is just not a historical event. It is actually the changing the completion, the fulfillment of God's perfect plan for us. So here's what I need you to do today. Tuesday church. Live. Live for the glory of God. Live. Do me a favor. Don't get caught up in the chaos. Don't get caught up in that stuff. It is meant to draw your eyes off the throne. It is meant to captivate your mind and take it off of the victories and the benefits you already have. Listen, I don't care what happens. I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. I don't care what happens. God said that hell would never prevail over the church. And you are the church. So let hell rise up. It can never reach heaven because God got us because we and accepting Jesus become his family. We are his children. And I know how you protect your children. I know how my daddy going to protect me. I'm going to.